The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, November 8th, 2023, season 19, episode number 66. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and today we get you ready for Cowboys versus Giants. We take every game seriously here, so we will dive in, and Brian's going to give us his thoughts uh, on this Giant uh, offense I'm sorry, versus the Cowboys defense. We'll get to the uh, Cowboys offense tomorrow. Um, Where I wanted to start today, though, is just kind of looking at the NFC East um, I was noticing the schedules, and I think it's. I, I tweeted about it. I think multiple people have tweeted about it. It's it's really looking at kind of how this is shaping up. Looking at what happened last weekend versus the uh, the Eagles. Cowboys get the loss, but there is an opportunity here for the Cowboys if you look at the next three to four weeks uh, before they run into the Eagles again at AT and T Stadium. Check this out. Cowboys over the next four weeks are going to play the Giants at Carolina. Home against Washington, home against Seattle. We know Dallas has played really, really well at home. Three of the next four are at home. Three of those teams have losing records. Seattle is the only one with a winning record that Dallas will face in the next four weeks. Juxtapose that to what Philadelphia will be looking at. They have a bye this week, which they need because they had a lot of guys that got banged up in that last game. Then they go on the road to play Kansas City, who uh, leads their division. And then they play Buffalo in Philadelphia. And then they also play San Francisco in Philadelphia. So my question for you guys is, as you're looking at that, what do you think is the likelihood that Dallas handles its business and wins the next four games? Hmm. Let's tap in first. I think think they can. I mean, again, we've seen them – Compete, being able to compete against teams like the ones you presented. It's now, and I don't want to use the verbiage that upset fans use or the haters use because I'm not in there, but I don't know what else (laughs) to use. (laughs) So sorry, my lack of (laughs) dictionary words. But basically, it's the whole quote-unquote, they can't beat good teams. Mm-hmm. They can only be like the okay teams, the teams but they can't be teams like 49ers, like the Eagles. So the ones that are like in that range were kind of similar to like, uh, you know, that can happen unless something crazy happens like Arizona. Hopefully they learn their lesson mm-hmm. and they don't take that for granted. And there is full on preparation during the week where they show up uh, and it translates into the game. But I do think like, This is not really a question, can they or can they not beat them? I do think they can beat those teams, but what will happen when they face another good, good team? What happens when, even if they get into the playoffs, they start now again having to face either the 49ers or let's say even, I believe the the next Eagle games, I I think the Cowboys, damn it. I will pick the Cowboys, but it's at home, and it changes things a little bit. They do tend to play better, and that's another thing. The positive side is 
now we do have some home games kind of piling up and coming up, which hasn't, you know, we've had a lot of road games and history shows under Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys do tend to win and play a lot better when at home. I think it is very possible, even likely, and I say likely with the assumption that they've learned from Arizona that they've learned to not overlook teams, that they've learned to not, you know, follow all the outside noise about Daniel Jones being done with the torn ACL, and will it be Tommy DeVito or will it be Matt Barkley who was, uh, you know, activated or put up to the active roster today? Don't worry about any of that. Go play the Giants and go play the Carolina Panthers. And, of course, you better play the Commanders who always play the Cowboys like it's their Super Bowl. Go play those sub-500 teams as if they're, you know, the Eagles, as if they're the 49ers. Uh, As long as they do that and then you flip to the other side and you say, absolutely, being realistic, the Eagles are going through a gauntlet right now. When they come out of their bye week, like you said, Chiefs, that's in Kansas City, and then they play the Buffalo Bills and the 49ers. Who says they don't lose all three of those games or maybe lose two of those three games? I say all of that to say it's a situation where the rematch, the stage is set for the rematch as long as the Cowboys handle their business, um, and they could have very similar, if not entirely similar, records when they meet at AT&T Stadium um, to jump off December is when we meet them. Yeah, December 10th. December 10th. Yeah, so um, that the rematch is really what's going to tell the story of the NFC East for me. Um, I think Sunday told a lot. But that that's not the whole story. The real story gets told on December 10th. I'm focused on five games for Philadelphia. And it even goes past the game against Dallas. Three of the five are on the road. They catch a break, they get Buffalo at home, and they get San Francisco at home. I, I think those are two difficult places to play. So they'll carry those games at home. The games I think they have the best chance to lose is at Kansas City and then the Dallas game and then the following week at Seattle. At Seattle. I, I think that you need to carry that thing a little further. Uh, you know, And maybe, like I say, I think it'll be a tough stretch for them uh, to go those five games. Uh, they've been very fortunate with the way that they've at times played very sloppy football and tried to give games away and people haven't been willing to take them. I think the next five games that they're going to play against teams that will take those games from them if they play sloppy. But uh, it's going to be – if they go out and beat Kansas City uh, after the bye, Buffalo, I mean, it it, it really is going to be about that – to me, that first game. How do they play against Kansas City? You know, that will tell me a lot about how they manage the bye. It used to be with Andy Reid there. Andy always won after a bye. They were one of the best teams in the league when it came to records after a bye when he was in Philadelphia. But uh, their their games, their losable games to me are the ones that they're going to play on the road the next five. Which game of uh, the next four for Dallas do you think is the one that troubles you most? I'd probably say... I want to say the Seahawks because I, right now I do hold the Seahawks in high regard. Um, As we it, saw yesterday. Yeah, exactly. But advantage to the Cowboys because that game, unlike Philadelphia having to play Seattle, they have to go to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Seattle, The Seahawks have to come to Arlington. then that's a cross-country trip. Right. That's, a, yeah. that's a tough trip. So, yeah. um, Especially after traveling to Dallas. Now, you know, hell, they might – they might just go ahead and go halfway and say, stay. we're already in Dallas go. and, yeah. and yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, is what they might do. It's not a, an easy flight from Dallas. Like, that's no, probably the farthest trip yeah. Dallas has to take when they have to go up to Seattle. Yeah. 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 So I want to say Seahawks. I think the most competitive one on paper is going to be Seahawks, but advantage Cowboys because they get the Seahawks at home. Um, 
keep an eye on the commanders of that four game pack, that four pack, keep an eye on the commanders. They gave the Eagles a run for their money on two separate occasions. They scored more than 30 30 or more on two separate occasions. Um, Don't get caught slipping against a division rival that wants nothing, that whose season is back to going down the bowl. And all they have is bragging rights. And that's what makes them play up to the Cowboys. So for me, I'm going to say commanders. Commanders on a short week. In having to deal with their skill on the also, outside, and yeah, yeah. and their their quarterback does have a his first start in the NFL was the win. I know it was week seventeen last year, but uh, you know he could be very streaky in the way he plays. It's a it's a division game. I would think a little bit differently about it if you'd already played the Commanders and you right. kind of had an idea of where they're at. Mm-hmm. But you know, at that point in time, you know, we might be hearing a lot about the Commanders. Is you know, are they the point where they've quit yet? I don't think they've quit. But you know, maybe by the time you get to Thanksgiving, they might have. But there's a lot of skill on that team. There's still the pass rushers on the edges that you're going to have to deal with in that game. And so that one worries me the absolute most. Yeah, to me, what's inter- interesting about the Commanders is that whether or not they're having a good season, let's say they're having a bad season, they always there's always a little something. Always. There's always a little something that they got in store for the Cowboys in that game. So you can't it's not like the Giants that now year after year we kinda take it as they, a, like, okay, that's yeah, they get demoralized. easy peasy. What is it, eleven straight but, now that Dallas has beaten? Yeah, they haven't Giants. defeated Dak since twenty sixteen. So yeah. it's been a while. Yeah. So it's He's one of, as opposed to that, regardless what the commander situation currently is, they always have something to do for the Cowboys. But also Seattle. I think Seattle, despite the travels and all that and the game being at home for the Cowboys, they, they're they a team that I always see be extremely competitive against the Cowboys and just have that little extra There's aggressiveness. Yeah. yeah. So I think those two... For sure, but I would be leaning more towards Seattle, mainly because of their current state. Yeah, I think I think for me it's the Commanders. This is not the first time we've seen the Commanders have to come in here on Thanksgiving Day and get a win. <laughs> awesome. And that happens. Yeah. And and so I just I believe Cole McCoy, that, a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean I remember the year was that RG three, I think, yeah. came in here one year yeah. at Thanksgiving and, season. And, yeah. and uh and put a put a whooping on the Cowboys. The, so our, yes, yeah, so yeah. it's it, 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 it happens. A, it became a meme. Yeah, whole thing. It happens yeah. for sure. And that's that's the one that scared when the when the schedule first came out, I was like, I don't care what the records are. Thanksgiving is going to be a hard game. Yeah, short it's week, too. It's absolutely going to be a hard game. Yeah. yeah, So we'll see how that, that plays out. But I do think it's interesting here that, you know, as much as you hate to see the loss as a Cowboys fan, if you're pulling for the Cowboys, you hate to see a loss against the Eagles. But you look at this next these next four weeks, it can really change a lot. And, and Brian, you even mentioned going beyond that. If you go beyond that, then you got to also look at the Dallas schedule. And yeah. Dallas schedule gets really tough after that. Yeah, That's after when you that, start yeah. getting into yeah. your yep. Buffaloes and your Miamis well, and your Detroits. Like, there's run, some right tough, now. tough games coming up after after yeah. that for Dallas. The way that Philadelphia finishes is twice against the Giants and once against mm-hmm. Arizona. So, so they'll be cruising by then. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they might be well. sitting people by then. Yeah. Exactly. So it'll be it'll be interesting. But the, the, I guess the point of this whole conversation is that it is not done. The NFC East oh, is no. not done. They have a two and a half game lead, but but Dallas has an opportunity here to make some hay if they can do their part when the games are supposed to win and uh, and put themselves in position by the time they face the the uh, the Eagles in uh, in week was that 14, 13? Uh, like week that. thirteen. Week thirteen. I mean, it works out favorably for the Cowboys as far as most of their games to this point have been on the road and then you go and you drop a close one to Philadelphia they're about to go on a three-game gauntlet you're about to go on I don't want to say easy but one that's not as challenging um and you're at home where you've been dominant so 
again, by the time this rematch queues up, um, they should they could very likely have a similar schedule. Yeah, oh, a similar I'm, record. I'm, I'm sorry. Looking at it, I'm just like, this is gonna be a rough ride because still I don't know how long can this O line stay healthy, and we still have. It's not an, an even number, but we still have a whole half of the season. More and look what <laughs> and look what the first half of the season has been with the struggles yeah. of the O line and and mainly I think it all comes just straight from being not being healthy. I, I just want the peanut butter and jelly. I was thinking about it on the drive in. That's what I want from the Cowboys offensive line. I want the peanut butter and the jelly. Um earlier this season Who's the peanut and who's I'm the gonna butter? I'm gonna tell you earlier jelly. this season with the injuries to the left side of the line you had the right side of the line holding it down with Zach Martin and Terrence Steele when Steele was one of the bright spots. Now it's kind of flipped. So you see a game like Philadelphia, Tyron comes back. He has one of the best games you've seen him have in recent memory. Um, Tyler Smith allowed only one pressure in 17 uh, one-on-one snaps against Jalen Carter. So he was Jalen Carter starter for most of that game. But then it was the right side with Terrence Steele struggling. So why is it always the peanut butter but not the jelly? So once the peanut butter and the jelly comes together, that sandwich is going to taste pretty good for the Cowboys. Uh, let me just say I this. do worry about them really coming together, though. Yeah. I really yeah, do. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think we're past the small sample size bit now, you know, and I know we're halfway finished. I've talked a couple of different times yesterday on some platforms and stuff. My commitment to, you know, running the football, to me, I don't think that's something that they're going to fix. Now, maybe they'll fix it because of the opponent, but you have to prove to me that you could be able to run the football. Yeah. And, they, and they've and they yet to do that, really, against anybody with any real success. That's the thing, I think, going forward that bothers me the most about what the schedule lays out and how it lays out. Because I, I feel like that they're going to have to work on the protection side of things. It's going to be about putting the, on Dax back again and then trying to kind of win this thing that way through the air. That's where their best players are. We're going to get into this a little yeah. deeper tomorrow when we talk about the Cowboys offense. But I think a, an interesting point that we have not really talked about, and I don't know that I've heard many people talk about it, but one of the guys on Twitter that follows me and, and actually tweets some really good stuff, Joshua Bryant, asked, asked the question, why is nobody talking about the change in the coaching of the offensive line? And and that's something where I think we, we got to have we did, we did that, though. We, we really did. Was that a day it, I wasn't here? No, no. In training camp, we talked right, yes, about, I'm uh, talking about the since things, the season has gone. The yeah. things that could hurt the offense was the fact that the turnover of a coordinator, a play caller, a running backs, a, a running backs coach. coach, a line coach, right. that was the one thing. That was my and, – and I'm not saying me. I'm saying as a group right. – we brought up the fact in June, or I know one of the June conversations we have is play caller gets changed out because they don't, everything doesn't coordinate, right. everything doesn't mesh with, you know, there was too much turnover. Right. And that know? was, and I think that was a question of will this be a problem? Now it I think the question is. has to be. Yeah. It, like it, it we are in it. It, yeah. it is a problem, no, and it, is the problem related to the fact that you've got is. new coaching in those absolutely. areas where you're having some of the yeah, challenges? Absolutely. And I think that's a conversation we're going to have tomorrow when we talk about the Cowboys' offense a little bit deeper uh, because I think it's a fair conversation. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll jump into Giants versus Cowboys. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the break. Head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, November 11th to experience Rally Day presented by SeatGeek. Celebrate Veterans Day with a special presentation from the Color Guard and Junior ROTC Drill Team plus 21-gun salute. Take a tour of AT&T Stadium. Get autographs from Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and alumni. Play games. Head outside to the Miller Lighthouse and even play on the field. Visit attntstadium.com slash rally days for tickets and more information. Welcome back. Second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the start of the segment brought to you by blockchain.com. All right, let's talk about this Giants offense. I want to start with the quarterback. Yeah. They have lost Daniel Jones now for the season uh, due, due to a torn ACL. They have Tommy DeVito who came in in relief of him. They also, as of this morning, signed Matt Barkley. Uh, as a backup quarterback. So those are the two quarterbacks on their roster. I guess first let's start with Tommy DeVito. Brian, give me a scouting report. If you were trying to tell someone, here's what he does well, here's what he doesn't do well, talk to me about uh, Tommy DeVito. He's an older guy. He's 25 years old as a rookie. And, you know, he, uh, because of the COVID situations and stuff, these quarterbacks. You say 29? 25. 25. Okay. Yeah, 25 years old. He uh, He's not physically a very big guy. He's like 6'1", right around there. Uh, he's finished a couple of games for uh, the uh, for the Giants this season, the Jets game and then the Raiders game, uh, due to those injuries that we've been talking about. His redeeming traits, I feel like, his arm talent is not poor, and he's athletic enough to navigate the pocket. He's one of those guys when he makes a decision, it's like it's generally I'm going to go there with the ball, 
or he's going to say, oh, I don't like this, and he takes off running. So there's those times. I think with the Cowboys, you have to be ready if the quarterback, of if he's not sure, he's going to run immediately. He's not going to wait around, try and move around, and, and, and buy an extra second or two. When he decides to go, he's going to go. So you're going to deal with a running quarterback, a scrambling quarterback uh, this uh, this uh, week. The offensive line doesn't give him much of a time to read. It's the, the weakest part of their uh, their offense for sure. But the, the opportunities that he can generate with his feet, I think, are something that the Cowboys need to be concerned about. So when you look at it, if there is a thing that we come in here Monday morning and we're like, man, the Cowboys defense had a problem with this quarterback, what is that thing? Is it the running? I think it's the running. Uh, the, the arm talent, as I mentioned, the, the receivers, they just do not have the ability up front to hold anybody out for any length of time to let anybody go through their reads. They've got talented wide receivers, some of the best skill guys that they've had there the last couple of years. But the pocket breaks down on them so fast. It doesn't matter what quarterback they have. Watch them all play. It just pocket collapses on him, and now the quarterback is forced to have to make a scramble throw or to run. In DeVito's case, he's more athletic. And, you know, Daniel Jones would run. This guy runs because he's not sure. He doesn't want to take a chance. He's he's going to get six yards slide. He'll get five yards slide. He'll get eight yards slide. That's the kind of uh, quarterback you're dealing with. So Cowboys have got to be careful of that in this. Be, care- be careful not to let him rush lanes, integrity, gap the responsibilities, all those things, especially when they rush this guy. Would you spy a guy like that? Because, I mean, when you start looking yeah. at the rest of their team, yeah. I don't know that anybody scares you other yeah. than maybe Saquon Barkley. So, so would you devote a guy maybe to be able to, to spy him? I would be very mindful of it. I would, you know, it, whether that's Marquise Bell or somebody like that, Clark, somebody kind of stay in that area. A lot of times the Cowboys will play man coverage or they'll play what we call man free, mm-hmm. where the free safety is the guy at depth is the one that's the free player. In this case, maybe the linebackers, if you know, be, be just kind of mirror him when he's uh, the protection. Mean, the, the rush could get to him before he even has a chance to break pocket. But if he does, you just need a guy right there to make sure that he doesn't get too far down the field. The way you're describing him sounds kind of like a quarterback that, yeah, you can manage and handle, but can also surprise you on the, 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 on a given Sunday. Yeah, the surprising aspect of it is I think he, he's not just this a quarterback with 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 that lacks arm strength, arm talent. I mean. The one interception he threw in the uh, the Raiders game was middle of the pocket, just launches it down the middle. The Raiders' safeties made a really good play down the middle of the field. Uh, they just couldn't get the ball far enough inside, but he threw it. You know, those at a great distance. The ball comes off his hand pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know how you're able to cover on the outside. I think will be important in this game. But this the running. Everything in my mind keeps coming back to his ability to scramble, especially if it gets third down and it's third and say you've got him in third and eight, third and nine, and. In and he takes off running, and it's a 10-yard gain, and that's how they keep the sticks moving. And, and to, to support Brian's point, as I sit here and look at DeVito's uh, collegiate numbers, and obviously he split time between Syracuse and Illinois. Sophomore uh, for Syracuse, he took off and ran 112 times. Now, he's not the best at getting yards per tote because it was only 1.1 yards per carry. So, I mean, That's the sacks included. Right, in that yeah, exactly. So he'll take off and run, and then uh, his final season, which was with Illinois, he took off and ran 73 times. So he's to Brian's point, he's not afraid to just no. – you know, panic and run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, if he doesn't see what he thinks, I mean, and, and that's a lot of times with these young quarterbacks, if they're not sure, they're better off trying to run and get positive yards and then fight for the next play. Yep. So you talked about the offensive line and yeah. the problems they're having there. Where are they most vulnerable on the offensive line? Take your pick. I mean, really, really. me, me, my The left tackle, Andrew Thomas, is, I think yes, is a good please. player. I right. mean, he, but the problem – Andrew Thomas is it's kind of fallen into that people have kind of taken a little bit of an advantage of him because they get him off balance. You know, the rushers are able to that's the thing. He's really a, he's a big, massive guy. Run down the middle of him, he's gonna be good to you. He can move a little bit, you know, his lateral slide, things like that, I think are pretty good. But there's some teams that have gotten him off balance and then when he becomes that off balance player, then people have been able to get around him. But if you know, capturing the edge on him is a little bit tougher. Then on the other side, Evan Neal, and I, I was talking to a guy at the Giants this morning, and you know they're a mess, and he said, listen, Evan Neal, he hyperextended his ankle uh, this past game. He's missed games already. It looks like that Tyree Phillips is going to start. Phillips has made some starts for them already when Evan Neal missed two games. The Cowboys really took advantage of Evan Neal in that mm-hmm. first game that they played. So. And that's their best one. Uh, uh, Thomas is, Thomas is, the, Thomas best is okay. the best one. Neal, I think, is Neal is another massive guy, but he's slow-footed. Mm. And that's where I think that uh, you know the problems have been. But they're confident that that Tyree Phillips can can come in. He's played a couple of times. They're saying the way that Neal's been playing, it's not a huge drop-off. So that says a lot uh, right there. So uh, hmm. But, you know, Neil is you know, watching him play. The rushers have consistently found a way to break him down. Now, when you look at Phillips' play, he has trouble with those kind of quick, fast, twitchy guys, guys that kind of you mm-hmm. know have a little bit of movement to their game. So, uh, But he's, he hasn't been as much of a liability as when you watch Evan Neal play. Beyond Saquon, I'm oh, good. No, I was just going to say, the bottom line is, um, I mean, it, that, when you look at the matchups, offensive line versus defensive line um, for the Cowboys, that that's that should be lunch for this Cowboys defensive line across the board in all five spots. Uh, it's the it's a worse offensive line in New York that they're about to face here in Arlington than the one that they racked up 36 quarterback pressures in week one against mm-hmm. seven sacks. So if you did that against their starters yeah. in week one, and now you're dealing with you know Evan Neal with the hyper extension and stuff like that, it, yeah. Like Brian said, take your pick. I mean, well, they, they, any, any, money more. Yeah, they've <laughs> they've tried they've tried to they've tried to address it. Yeah. They've, they've used first round selections on tackles. Yeah. They used the second round selection on John Michael Smith. So John Michael Smith at the center is going to be a good player. The problem is he's just you know it, it's a little bit like watching Biotish play. Mm-hmm. That sometimes that you know, he could be really really good, and then other times guys get the edge on him and he can't get over and he's not strong enough to hold up power wise. And, and then they have, you know, Justin Pugh, who they, you know, got off the couch to come play, you know, guard or tackle for him. And, you know, he's done. And then uh, uh, the, you know, the other guard, uh, Betterson, is, uh, you know, he's, he's not, you know, he's, he's a guy they traded for and he's just, he's okay. So they, they've really, really, this has been the reason why they've really had problems scoring and, and, and even moving the ball and keeping their quarterbacks upright is and it has to be super frustrating because if they've they've tried to invest in it they just haven't invested the right guys I think we all can agree Saquon Barkley is the one player on that offense that you worry the most about just because of his raw ability yeah but if you had to pinpoint one other person or two other people that are skilled players 
who are the ones that we could be talking about on Monday morning that made a difference? I would worry game? about Wondell Robinson. He didn't play the first time yep. that these two teams met, and he is a, a smaller, kind of a slot player, but he's sure-handed. He has quickness. He has a feel for how to get open. He's good run after catch. Uh, I haven't figured out yet why they haven't got the – well, I should say I see why they haven't got the ball to Jalen Hyatt, the rookie from Tennessee, who is a vertical player, a downfield player. Uh, man, I thought he was going to be a real steal, and maybe one day he will be a steal for the Giants. But they just haven't found a way to give him the ball, and a lot of it has to do because they haven't been able to protect well enough to get the ball down the field. But Barkley, Robinson, Hyatt – those the kind because they they lost their tight end yep. you know, their tight ends uh, their their tight ends out uh, you know uh, Darren Waller is out mm-hmm. uh, you know with a, another uh, he's dealing with a hamstring injury there are a couple of their tight ends uh, uh, Bellinger and then Cager they catch the ball well they use them in a lot of different ways though they're kind of a fullback move guy in line tight end mm-hmm. next to the tackle so you'll see their tight ends usually when they run the ball at the point of attack in some way. I th- I'm going to go with Robinson just by default because, I mean, if, as, you, if you, as you dissect their skill position players outside of Saquon, you're really hard-pressed to find someone that you should be overtly concerned about, particularly when you look at who they're going to have to match up against. Darius Slayton versus this Cowboys secondary, I, I'm just not. I mean, 56% catch percentage. Um, yeah, he's outside of Darren Waller. He's uh, a leader as far as yards receiving, but is he a game breaker? No, that's why they needed Jalen Hyatt to, to pop off, but Jalen Hyatt has not been able to pop off. So not really concerned about Jalen Hyatt. Plus I saw how Jalen Hyatt was deleted by this very same Cowboys yeah. secondary. Obviously a lot of um, hype going into Jalen Hyatt, him coming out of Tennessee week one Cowboys uh, at MetLife. And it was, Oh, well now the, now the Giants have somebody who can take the top off against the, the Cowboys. Nope. Nah, nah, not so, not so. Nah, the pressure was so bad in yeah. that game, and it made it, which hopefully will be the yeah, same they case. Need, they if need not a better. repeat of that. Um, so, going to that, which is a great segue. If you assume that the pressure is going to be equal or greater this time around on the Giants quarterback, then the release valve with Waller out is going to have to be Wondell Robs. It's going to have to be your slot receiver working as much underneath as he can. So, um, but even then, it's not a ton of concern it, for me. It starts and it stops with Saquon Barkley. They, yeah. That's who they got. Yeah. They'll occasionally pop a run, and they'll do it because right. what will happen is this Barkley's that. But he he is uh, – they're having really a hard time of getting him any type of space. Where they've had some success is the outside zone where everybody steps one way and they just hand the ball and then – they, you know, they get hat on a hat, and then Barkley makes a cut. He, he, Barkley still, all these years of playing against him, uh, he's still that same type of explosive guy, catches the ball well. There's been some times we've seen with against Cowboys where he's tipped balls up in the air, and it's resulted in turnovers and stuff like that. But overall, you know, I, I feel like that they're going to try and take as much pressure off uh, you know, off DeVito as they can. That you know, you got to try and run the ball a little bit, and 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 they'll test this Dallas front to see. And Dallas has done a really good job of playing the run. Bell, Clark, those guys have done a good job of playing downhill. They've held up in the middle pretty well. So you know, trying to discourage them from doing that and making them throw the football would be probably your best avenue here. Now, here's the the best better news when it comes to Saquon because we can all agree that Saquon is going to be the end all be all for that Giants offense coming in. Um, Saquon is zero and nine. 
lifetime against oh, no, the Cowboys. He, yeah, he's, yeah. Um, and particularly in the Dan Quinn era, he's really struggled yep. to get going in the Dan Quinn era. So it just does not bode well for the Giants, which means, you know, that bodes well for the Cowboys. And I'll take that all day long. Yeah, yeah I think I think uh, <clears throat> McCarthy and the coaches should print out a bunch of pictures of screenshots of the game against Arizona, like the worst that. plays, and put it all over the building, all over run, the facility. Because like. even I, sitting here listening to you guys, and no disrespect at all, but I'm finding a hard time caring about, I mean, obviously you care about the game, but finding a hard time not dismissing mm-hmm. what they currently have right now and all the, the struggles that they're dealing with offensively. So I can understand or, or see where someone on that side of the building could maybe potentially drift, jump on that drift and be on that same wagon of feeling that way, especially after the type of game they were able to have against them on that first week of the season. So it's here's a question yeah, for you. I, do you think that and this is going to be a weird but interesting question do you think that losing to the eagles and in the fashion in which they did will help them defeat the giants because it possibly helps them from overlooking the giants because they can't afford to do so do you see what i mean yeah i honestly i don't think that game really plays much into this game what i'm more concerned about is this is the kind of game where going to your point amber i think the one thing I think Dallas's defense can do at times is they can get enamored with going to get the quarterback. Right. And if they're looking at this game and saying, you know, we can really get our sack numbers up in this game. Like, let's go get that guy because he can't beat our pass rush. Right. And they start doing that and they start getting playing outside of the scheme. And now you get situations where He's you get that running. little crease yeah. and – Barkley's off for a long run. Or someone overruns a play and here you go with an end around with Wandell Robinson and now he's off and running. And and you got a situation where you're you're you missed the quarterback because you you got outside of your your lane and he takes off running. And again, I think that's exactly in in my opinion, and I shouldn't say exactly, but at least part of what I think happened with Arizona as well. I think they looked at that game and they were probably like, that quarterback, we ought to be able to beat that quarterback. So we should be able to get to him and affect him. And I think what happened in the in the process is you got run on. Like you overran, you didn't play your gaps, and because you didn't play your gaps, you created a lot of bad situations for yourself. And that's where I look at this game. And if you're having a hard time figuring out how Dallas can lose it, that's how they can lose it is if they don't play the right style of defense as they should, where they've been playing really for the last several weeks, which is stop the run first. That is your top priority. If that leads to an opportunity for you to rush the passer, great. Otherwise, you're stopping the run. If they have that mentality, I think they run away. If they don't, I think this becomes a very interesting game. Start playing hero ball. Yep. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Dallas defense and uh, talking about that pressure rate. I was looking at some interesting numbers. Cowboys, were uh, their, the pressure rate in the first four games of the season was significantly higher than what it's been in the last four weeks. I'm going to ask you guys some questions about that and what you think may be contributing to that. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. <laughs> All right, how about this? Uh, let's see. It's uh, holiday youth camps I got to talk about right now. Tis the season for youth football and dance camp presented by Avisaline. Don't miss your chance to learn from the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and former NFL players at AT&T Stadium on December 22nd and 23rd. Celebrate the holidays with the Cowboys. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash camps. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Starless Flip, the the uh, other side of the ball, Dallas defense. Um, I prefaced right before the break, I was looking at some of the numbers. And really, the eye test is what made me start thinking this because you look at the first four weeks of the season, and it seemed like the Dallas defense was just very, very uh, their pass rush was just so aggressive, and they were really just destroying quarterbacks. Um, and it didn't seem as much like that was happening over the last four games. And then I went and looked it up, and the numbers bear that out. First four weeks of the season, they had a 49.3 uh, pressure rate. Uh, they were ranked number one in the league. In the last four games, week five through nine, uh, they're ranked fourth in the league with a 41.8 percent pressure rate. So a difference of about roughly about. What's that like? Uh, seven and a half um, percentage points. You say, if you say so. Yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> something like that. Texas LSU yeah. education. I, I, it you know whatever. Yeah, my um, son goes to Texas too, so I, maybe you're paying for it. We're paying for it. Yeah. Um, so my question for you guys is: What do you think was the biggest factor? In that, do you think it's more about the fact that you've played better opponents in the second half? So in the first half, you had the Giants, the Jets, the Cardinals, and the Patriots. In the second half, you had 49ers, Chargers, Rams, and Philadelphia. Or do you think it's more about the fact that teams have adapted to what Dallas is doing? Maybe Dallas has even adapted a little bit, knowing they got to really focus more on the run. What do you think is a bigger factor in that decline in their pass rush? I mean, in their pressure rate? I think both things are true in, in different amounts. I don't think it's as much adaptation as it is level of competition, but adaptation is there as well. As any NFL season rolls along, the f- more and more film gets out there and, you know, opposing defensive coordinators that you're about to face, they're going to, you know, try to learn and copycat from um, what worked a 
against the other teams, even if you actually came out the victor for that other team. There are going to be things that worked for that other team, even if they lost. So it goes to adaptation. But more than anything, look at the the level of offensive competition that they've gone up against. San Francisco 49ers, we know Kyle Shanahan has their number until further notice. Like That's hands down. Uh, even with the Los Angeles Chargers, they were able to get pressures on Justin Herbert, but Kellen Moore, he's familiar with Dan Quinn, the defense, the defensive personnel, um, you know, about getting the ball out where the areas were. And of course, like we talked about after that game, Herbert missed some throws down the field that could have changed that game. So um, Los Angeles Rams, kind of an aberration there, but going in, still solid offense. We talked about Puka, Cooper, Matthew is mostly healthy going into that game. Uh, they had some some gamers. And then, of course, Philadelphia Eagles and that offense. Cowboys did a great job in, of mostly bottling up the, the passing attack. Um, but if you look at the last four, 49ers, Chargers, Rams, Eagles, those offenses are markedly better than Giants, Jets, Cardinals, Patriots. I think really it's two things, but more so that than the other thing. Same. <laughs> like, what else do I say to that? I completely... I completely no, completely agree. Um, I mean, the nature is, yeah, you watch film week after week and study a, your opponent and all that. So, but I do agree for sure also about the opponents just being at a higher level than what you initially faced at the first uh, four weeks of the season. Teams three and three with uh, without Diggs in the lineup. Mm. When did Leighton Vanderish get hurt? Mm. I think all of a sudden you're in a situation now where it's, it's wait. Hold t- on, what what uh, what week was that when he Leighton? Leighton uh, did Leighton get hurt? San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, he's coming up. There you on go. Being ele- he's not going to be. Uh, yeah. His window's not going to get started yet. He needs a few more weeks. But yeah, yeah. I think well, even if they're ready to bring him back at that exactly. point, like I think it, there's it a didn't, lot of clouds. No, but it, it didn't sound too optimistic, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Trevon got hurt September twenty uh, first. Mm-hmm. So that was for, that was right before the Arizona game. Yeah. Right before. Yeah, they're Arizona. three and three with with him out in the, without yeah. him in the lineup, and with him in the lineup, they were one of the most dominant defenses in the league. Yep. And then you lose late, you lose Leighton Vander Esch. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden people are having to commit other jobs or commit to other jobs to make up for lost players. I think your defense got affected that way. Yeah, yeah I think that's I, and I don't I don't know if everybody really thinks about how much the loss of Trayvon Diggs because you look Huge. at it and you're like, man, you Huge. got you got Bland playing really well, but it's it's a trickle down effect, right? You oh. would have had Bland and Diggs yep. on the field yep. and now you don't. That's that's a there's a big effect there. And it, with the loss of LVE, then you know, we're talking about what's Micah's splits as far as DE versus linebacker, as far as fully committing him to DE as you were pre LVE lost and now lost and now you have to kind of move him around yep. to kind of salve that wound. That's so, my reason. Okay, so there is something else to add to that. Yeah, that was good. No, that was good. Uh, I'm just an old guy. (laughs) (laughs) There's no personnel guy over there. He's going to be like, man, I really wish I had this player and this player and didn't have this player. No, it's amazing to see what this defense has become over the years because Mm -hmm. going back to Sean Lee era. Yeah. Couldn't win a game without One, him. You could not, like, it would come to crumbles mm. if he wasn't on the field. So to think that not just one, but two of key players in your defense are out of the game, out yeah. of the field, and you're still being able to play at a pretty good level to compete and, and kind of hold your opposing offense or hold them down for you offense, to do yeah. it at least something. I mean, the off, the Cowboys offense hasn't done I'll take, part I'll take my chances playing with Diggs, Bland, and Gilmore in the secondary, and I think I could get past Rush home. Mm-hmm. I think I Coverage can. Coverage sex. Co- yeah. I think I can. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep, I agree. All right, one other one other thing I wanted to hit too on that note. Uh, Sam Williams, he is a guy that has been, according to him, <laughs> it probably underused, not used enough, hasn't been given enough of an opportunity. He put out a tweet. He did delete it later, but he was just kind of like <laughs> free, he said free that's Sam. Not what he meant, right? But but he did talk about later, like he, he wanted some it. more opportunities, right? Yeah. And and so I, my question for you, and I, I do, I, it's an interesting question because I think Sam Williams to me is a guy that I think has ability. I think he's flashed a ton. Yep. Now he also has had some moments where you're like, ooh, Sam, what were you doing there? But he's kind of slowly cleaned up his game. He has, but but again, that's with limited reps. So yeah. my question is, do you think they should be trying to get him out there more or do you think they have to limit him a little bit so that they can get the best of him without the stuff that they don't necessarily want? I personally feel like that if I see Golston out there in that position, I feel rather. like I need to see Williams. Yeah. I'll tell you another one that doesn't get enough shine or enough burn for where he, for how he plays and the number of snaps he gets is Fowler. If you watch Fowler on tape, Fowler gets pressure. Yeah. Fowler is a factor in, in how you pass rush. He's a factor in the, the twist game. I can understand where Sam's coming from, though. I really can. But, you know, look at the other day. It's, you know, he, he, he's almost got a little bit of a, a David Irvin to him. You know, you play him mm. uh, 12 plays in the game, and he has three impactful mm-hmm. plays. So you're wondering, well, if I play him, maybe if I play him double that, would right. he have six more plays? You know? yeah. So, yeah, that's where I kind of feel like But it's a lot about trust. It really is about trust. Can we trust you to line up on sides? Can we trust you not to hit, hit the quarterback low? That's Can we trust yeah. not you not to stick your right hand in the face of the offensive tackle? You know, that's where it's at. You know, when you want to put him on the field on third down, yeah, a great chance you're going to get off the field. There's also a chance he's going to commit a penalty to keep the drive going. Mm-hmm. But man, what, he's a hell of a player. He really, really is. It just, you know, there's times where you just you're kind of you're standing at the craps table with your dice in the hand, you know, and you're just rolling them out there and seeing what happens. Well, I mean, they didn't they didn't stop you. Oh my God, how did I forget his name already? <laughs> the same. corner. He's no longer Diggs? here. Oh, Diggs. Oh, oh. no. Um, the one that had issues. Cheeto? Oh, wait. Off the field. The boss man fat. Oh, yeah. boss man fat. Oh, Kelvin. You Kelvin know, you Joseph. know the vibe. Kelvin Joseph. Kelvin Joseph. Huh? You, do you no longer know the vibe? <laughs> I, I forget. <laughs> I delete. I forget. Um, no, but my point is, and they kind of were forced to because there was like yeah. nobody else. Thanks. But even like on Thanks. on special teams, like he kept getting. I mean, didn't stop you from get having. No, no, he makes and incredible you were forced. Play. Okay, yeah. you were forced, but at the same time, we've seen it happen. Where and I think, how can you how can you improve more or get better if you don't keep getting chances? You know, I so. agree. I mean, I'd, no, lo- I'd love to see him like play. not hiring a person because they don't have experience, but hiring them would give them the experience yeah. kind of thing. Right, you got to um, start somewhere. Right. I, I labeled preseason. I labeled Sam as uh, one. One of two guys, Damone being the other, that would take a massive year two leap. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not taking it quite yet, but he's flashed, and you see it most recently against the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. But, but it's then, not his fault that he's not taking it. I guess I, that's the point, that's, right? That's where I was going okay. with that. Because in, in a game like the Philadelphia Eagles, he gets off immediately. Yeah. Sack, fumble, didn't yeah. fall in the Cowboys' favor, but Sam. And he was eating, and then after a few reps – he kind of disappeared because the Cowboys pulled back on him. So that more is on the coaching staff saying, hey, to both of you guys' point, how much can we expose you to added reps 
in a game that's this close, mm-hmm. and that might have been the thought process as well because that was a, a hard-fought close game in that second half, and maybe there was a part of McCarthy and Dan Quinn that said, well, you know, is the next play that we put Sam on the field, it's either going to be a boom play and he gets this sack, or it's going to be a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty or an unsportsmanlike late penalty, hit. late hit, yeah. hands to the face, something that yeah. really swings momentum in the Eagles' favor. So, like, like Brian said, you're kind of rolling the dice. So it does go to trust. The more trust he builds, I believe, the more reps he'll get. But there's also the the good problem that the Cowboys have of Dante Fowler is still effective. Yeah, I, Armstrong I, is still effective. Yeah. He one of, he's one of your best run stoppers on yeah. top of getting pressure. Tank is still Tank. Um, Micah having uh, more of a linebacker split than he had in the first four games should free up more reps for Sam. But again, it, it all goes to how much can Dan Quinn trust that Sam is going to continue his upward trajectory with the boom and the downward trajectory with the bust. All right. Well, that's a wrap. We will be back tomorrow. We'll jump into the Cowboys offense versus the Giants defense. That will be a, a little more of an interesting, interesting, uh, interesting. matchup. Well, I don't know, you know. But but again, they that did lose. They did lose one of their best defensive players by uh, by a trade. So we'll see yeah. how that is affected. And we'll talk about that tomorrow. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleson. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?